The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Newt. Due to the virus, I'm recording from home. So you may notice a difference in audio quality. On this episode of Newt's World, this is the first in a series of podcasts that I'm going to do on the crisis in America and the challenges we're facing and the degree to which we face enormously fundamental decisions. I think it has to start with an understanding that we currently have a four-part crisis. We have a crisis of a pandemic which has killed over 100,000 Americans and which threatens the next few years until we get under control and understand it. And that pandemic led to the second crisis, which is a government-imposed depression combined with the most decisive totalitarian government controls in American history, more than we had in World War II or any other time. The third crisis, frankly, is how we deal with China, which certainly shares overwhelming blame for the pandemic and the cost in lives and money to the entire Western world. But the fourth crisis is the crisis we're living through most vividly in response both to the tragic killing of George Floyd and the deep emotional response of people who basically said, I've had enough, and responded across the country and across the world to a tragedy which came to symbolize for them the requirement for very dramatic change. And Callista and I experienced it in Rome, where we went to a prayer service for George Floyd and for reconciliation and healing in the United States. All of these require that we think and talk in new ways about new things. No justice! No peace! 
I can't stand the fact that some people in our society can't walk around without feeling scared that the cop is not going to come to them with a death sentence. We are here for justice for George. We're sick and tired of being abused and oppressed by the police. They've been doing it for years and years. Man, we got to come together as a people, as a one. This racism been going on for too long. All four, honey, too years long. All that can be replaced. The body cannot be replaced. The body can never be replaced. If you think about it, Bill Clinton was deeply, deeply concerned about the African-American community. George W. Bush in many ways reached out to the African-American community. All of us, I think, had a sense of shared pride when Barack Obama became the first African-American ever to be president. And yet, that's 24 years, at the end of which the problems hadn't been solved. If anything, people felt more alienated, more frustrated, and more frightened than they did back in 1992 when Clinton was first elected. We have to confront a path forward. And I will be outlining in the next several podcasts, I think, a positive direction to liberate Americans from the various bureaucracies that trap them, from the rules and regulations that cripple their lives, and from the circumstances that should be unacceptable to all of us. I'm also going to outline what I think has to be done to find a common ground for every American of goodwill to work together, to talk together, and to build a better country. I think that this could become a period of remarkable, positive effort. I personally believe that we need more police, not less, because of the sheer violence we've seen in the last few weeks. But I also believe that those police ought to be held accountable, and they ought to be well-trained, I think that every union contract has to be modified so that it's possible to identify police who are in effect bad apples. We have exactly the same problem both in government schools and in government policing, and that is in both cases, the unions block you from doing anything about people who are bad. In the case of the tragedy in Minneapolis, the policeman who killed George Floyd had a number of counts against him. You'd have to say to yourself, how could he possibly have survived? And the reason is that the police unions have adopted a set of rules which make it extraordinarily hard to get rid of bad apples. And as a result, the bad apple's still there. Well, we're better than that. We're much better than that as a people. And so I think we have to have the courage to talk together from every background. And remember that when we discuss the whole challenge of race in America, it's not just black and white. There are Asian Americans, there are Native Americans, there are Latino Americans. I mean, we're an amazingly diverse country, and we need to find some solutions that bring all of us together to genuinely create a more perfect union, and at the same time, to be able to truly give every American the right to pursue happiness as a reality, not just as a slogan. I'm going to be laying out a number of very bold, very different approaches that I think will, in fact, cut through a lot of the things which have crippled our ability to help Americans. But I want to start first by laying out what I think is the historic setting we're in now in terms of the crisis of a long-running and gradually developing war by the hard left against America.
The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I wanted to share with you my own thinking about where we are and what's going on. I find it fascinating that so many people keep trying to re-explain what's happening to get it to feel normal again. I very often have people say to me, what will it take to bring us together? And I think if you look at the people who were in the process of burning down parts of Minneapolis, or Washington, or New York, I'm not sure there's very much common ground. Those who are intellectual in the Antifa movement are quite clear they want to destroy America. There are lots of others who, frankly, are just criminals. Somebody told me that in the D.C. area, something like 33 Walmarts that were attacked, and virtually all of them were attacked primarily to get the drugs that they had stored. So that's not an ideological movement. That's just theft. Underneath it all, and I think much more powerful and much more important, America will survive problems like random violence or riots or burning things down. We had a huge number of riots in 1967-68, and we rebounded fairly fast. We had a very big riot in Los Angeles in 1992, and we recovered fairly fast. But the real cancer is intellectual. It's not the violence. It is that ideas which in the early 1960s were considered very radical have gradually and steadily metastasized almost like a cancer so that they first took over the elite universities. Now they have begun taking over all of the news media 
because the elite universities graduate the elite, more and more corporations are just filled with people who believe things that are crazy. That's why you have Twitter, for example, deciding what's true and what's not true. Because the fact is, it's very hard to deal with large numbers of people from the elite universities without getting people whose views are deeply opposed to traditional America. Part of this was captured in a book by Charles Murray, Coming Apart, The State of White America, 1960 to 2010. And Murray said the real break in American life today is between the elites who all know each other, marry each other. As he put it, people from Princeton, Yale, and Harvard marry people from Princeton, Yale, and Harvard. And he actually has a map showing you by zip code where the people live who come from Princeton, Yale, and Harvard and the other Ivy League schools and one or two West Coast schools, Stanford, Berkeley. And his point was, these people have a different belief system, a different structure of thought, have a different way of using language, and believe that it is all perfectly correctly them, and that they are therefore the advocates of truth. Ronald Reagan once said, it isn't what liberals don't know that is so bad, it's what liberals know that is false. He said, the real danger is they have lots of beliefs that are just not true. And this really began, I think, in the early 60s with the rise of maybe Berkeley being the epicenter for a while, but the rise of an entire intellectual tradition that was deeply, endlessly hostile to the United States. Some of it from very left-wing socialist backgrounds from Europe, some of it in reaction to the Vietnam War or in reaction to segregation in the South. But the net effect was that the first great wave of radicalism trying to dramatically change America was in the mid and late 60s. It peaked out in a variety of ways. The Black Panthers, for example, decided their mission in life was to kill policemen. Many of the people who were actively involved with the Weathermen, which was largely a white upper-class radical group, really were trying to get the attention of the Black Panthers because they revered them and wanted their support and belief more than anything else. So the Weathermen went off on their own and ultimately in a period of violence in the late 60s, early 70s, there was an 18-month period when there were about 2,500 bombs set off. A professor, for example, at the University of Wisconsin was killed in his lab when it was bombed. A professor at Columbia had his lifetime work destroyed by these revolutionary anarchists, and they saw themselves as revolutionary anarchists. What's fascinating is the middle ground of the American intelligentsia just can't believe what it reads. So these people can write things like, I hate America, or America is a genocidal nation created by white slavers who came to America to destroy the Native Americans and are guilty for everything that's ever made me feel bad, and therefore we should destroy it. Which is why, just this last weekend, Christopher Columbus's statue was torn down and thrown on a lake in Virginia, because in their view, Columbus is the beginning of the genocide. Part of the mythology which the radical left has to believe in is totally antithetical to history, which is why they don't like facts, and in fact, they don't like history. They like to make up their own history. And so what they're doing in a tradition which Lenin and Stalin and Mao Zedong would all have approved of is they're inventing the new appropriate history, the things you should be required to learn, which was supposed to ultimately brainwash the entire country. You see this happening probably at its clearest recently in the New York Times. 
This was once a great newspaper. It would once have proudly had arguments on its editorial page. Now they print a column by a United States senator, a veteran who had served in the Middle East in combat. And the column is so unacceptable to the left that the staff goes crazy. And they don't say, we don't like the column. They say, this is a column which will endanger the lives of our African-American colleagues. Now, it's a total lie, but it's a necessary lie because they have to generate the emotional power to do what they're trying to do, which is to get the editor fired. And they are so angry and so intense that the publisher who owns the paper goes from supporting the editor in the morning to apologizing in the afternoon to firing him a couple of days later because he can't cope with this younger generation of Ivy League intelligentsia who are so self-righteous, so dedicated to imposing the truths that they have uncovered that they can't tolerate any other viewpoint, which is why the Times now is best thought of as in the tradition of Pravda and the Soviet Union or of the Chinese daily newspaper in Beijing. It is purely and simply a propaganda rag of the hard left, obeying the various and sundry behaviors required by the Yale, Princeton, Harvard, etc. coalition of radicals who basically want to change the whole country. There's a reason why when Hillary Clinton described the deplorables, it made perfect sense to her radical supporters at the universities because they deplore us too. So from their standpoint, she was totally correct. And the result is you have this nationwide movement which believes that it is duty bound to brainwash those of us who are deplorable. We're the people who believe you should salute the flag. We believe America is on balance a pretty good country. We believe that more people from more backgrounds have come to the United States and pursued happiness with greater achievement than any other country in history. We believe that the rule of law is paramount because it's what binds all of us together and creates a fair playing field. These are all deplorable ideas. And so you literally see whether it's in publishing or the news media or colleges or high schools or now pre-kindergarten, efforts to continuously, endlessly brainwash every American into believing the truths of the new left. This pattern has been remarkably consistent. It's just gained strength. But if you went back to the 70s, for example, you would find some of Thomas Wolfe's greatest writing was making fun of these people, pointing out what hypocrites they are, pointing out how shallow they are, how lacking in knowledge they are. What's happened is what was a very small elite, there's a reason that one of Thomas Wolfe's essays was called Radical Chic, because back then it was a fairly small number of people. Now it is a huge number and they have penetrated corporate rooms. Many corporations now sell out immediately. They wake up in the morning and think, what's the newest left-wing thing I'm supposed to be doing? Because I want you to like me. So you have the people who run Nike have no internal contradiction in exploiting low-paid labor in Thailand and China while explaining on their social media how dedicated they are to creating a better world. The best of all worlds, they feel good and they make lots of money. This goes on over and over again. They get together and they feel good about themselves. Well, the result is this is literally a cultural civil war. 
And Trump became, I think, a central figure in this cultural civil war because he disrupted all of their plans. They knew with Clinton that they were going to be able to move forward. They knew that she would appoint liberal members of the Supreme Court. She would appoint continually more liberals to the lower federal courts. She would appoint liberals to the federal bureaucracy. She would adopt appropriately left-wing ideas again and again. She would sustain the corruption of the FBI and the corruption of other institutions. And then suddenly, they had somebody who was so outside their pattern that they hadn't had a chance to brainwash him. And he simply showed up as a guy who made money, did reality TV, had golf courses, and just thought he would be normal. Well, normalcy, if you are the hard left, is heresy. Normalcy is burn them at the stake. Normalcy is, it's inconceivable. It's why you could have, within two weeks' time, CNN sending reporters to Florida to shame people for not having masks on when they were on the beach, and then sending the same people within two weeks to huge mass rallies that are protest where it's now okay because the science has changed. You see, the science of just wanting to be happy and positive means you should not be allowed to go without a mask. But the science of virtuously demonstrating against America means, of course, you don't need a mask because apparently you automatically have the equivalent of being free of any danger of acquiring a disease if you're actively anti-American. You could pull up CNN's coverage two weeks ago, the second it all shifted, and all of the elite media suddenly said, it's terrific that all these people are getting together. It's not clear what they're demanding, demanding to infect other people, demanding to make other people sick. It's dangerous, and these people can take this home with them and hurt their families and all the rest. I'd like to ask them if they're willing to sign away their right to treatment, if and when they get infected. Who the hell do you think you are? I don't understand what is wrong with people. Stay at home. (laughs) That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. Any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property, but these are not reasonable times. And please... Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. The beautiful thing is we're seeing citizens who are caring and concerned. They're hitting the streets. Heartwarming to see so many people turn out peacefully. They're saying peaceful protests. Across the country, uh, uh, it's bringing people together, community with unity. People are risking COVID to explain to this country that we're fed up. And then you had 1,200 public health people sign a joint letter saying it's actually not inappropriate to get together for a demonstration. The very same people who a week earlier had said, no, no, you can't go to the beach. And so if you want a very simple test of how sick the system is, the left believes you can have very large gatherings as long as it's anti-American. But if you want to go to church or synagogue, that's really dangerous. If you want to go to a football game, that's horrifying. If you just want to get together for a family reunion, that's inconceivable. Now, I'm not making any of this up. I'm simply reporting what, in fact, people have been doing, which you can verify for yourself by going to YouTube and pulling up various stories. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. 
Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. So where are we? We are in the fight of our life. In the next few months, we're going to decide whether the future of America is the triumvirate of Biden, Pelosi, and Schumer, or the future of America is the triumvirate of Trump, McConnell, and McCarthy. And it is the biggest choice we have seen since 1860. The difference in those two worlds is so radical. And part of the reason is real simple. The efforts that are underway now to brainwash, censor, edit, condemn, including by places like Google, Facebook, Twitter, to basically reshape the society so only, quote, appropriate behaviors will be seen. That pattern will be radically challenged if the team of Trump, McConnell, and McCarthy win. But that pattern will be dramatically reinforced if the team of Biden, Pelosi, and Schumer win. That's how big the difference is going to be. And I think that this is literally a fight over the very nature of America for a very long time. We taught people American history, and we wanted them to learn to be patriots. We wanted them to learn about the Declaration of Independence, the right to pursue happiness, about the Constitution, the importance of the rule of law. We wanted them to learn the work ethic. We wanted them to have a sense that you could come to America legally, and you could become virtually anything. You could become Andrew Carnegie and build a 
huge steel industry, and then build 2,200 libraries with the money you've made. You could come to America as Elon Musk has and enrich us over and over again from PayPal to Tesla to SpaceX. But at the same time, it was very heavily focused on the work ethic. It didn't say you were guaranteed success. It said you were guaranteed opportunity. And many of the people who succeeded actually had very tough times. Steve Jobs at one point was out of Apple. And they brought him back only because they needed him. But there was a period there where he looked like he was a big loser. All these things are a different America than the one we're seeing grown up by the left. Now, how does that fit with where we are right now? Very simple. The city council president in Minneapolis just said in the last day or so, she really would love to have the aspiration of a community with no police. Nine city council members stood together with our community and pledged to rethink public safety in our community and to acknowledge that the current Minneapolis Police Department is not working to keep our community safe. You look at 18 people killed in Chicago on Sunday, the bloodiest day in 60 years. You look at the riots that she had in her own hometown. You look at the number of people who've been killed since George Floyd was killed. And you have to say to yourself, what planet is this woman on? This is not about politics. This is about a psychosis. Because I'm presuming she's sincere. She's just nuts. We don't have the language to have a campaign in which one side is literally crazy. It doesn't fit anything in our political structure. And yet, when the city of Los Angeles, having just had the National Guard called in, decides to cut $150 million out of the police force. It's crazy. When Antifa takes over six blocks in Seattle and declares it an independent zone outside the United States and decides that they will decide who gets to come in and who doesn't and does not allow the news media in, that's crazy. And I'm using the word deliberately. We're in a fight with a movement and a system which is by any legitimate standard so far out of touch with reality that you can't start by trying to reach an accommodation because what they want to do is crazy. Their vision of how the world works is crazy. I've been at this a very long time. I've been thinking about this now for years as I watched it grow. Reagan realized at the end of his term, if you read his farewell address, he says the one great failure was to reassert American history and to reestablish our common culture. We have defeated communism in Moscow. We're watching it grow much more totalitarian in China than it ever was in the Soviet Union. And we're watching the seeds of a kind of racial, social, artistic Marxism grow up in the United States, where you have people who believe in a totalitarian system. And you just saw it in the New York Times. You saw it also in the Philadelphia Inquirer, where the editor who had saved the newspaper, saved their jobs, reestablished the paper as a viable institution, made the terrible, heretical decision to print an article which said, buildings matter too. And the very idea that he would in effect suggest that buildings matter and that it was in effect a modification of Black Lives Matter meant that within days he was fired because his staff wouldn't work for him. You're seeing the rise of a genuine 
totalitarian movement, which believes it has the right to dictate to you what you're allowed to think. It has the right to dictate what your children are allowed to learn. It has the right to dictate what can be in social media. We need to understand how deep and how real this fight's going to be. And we need to think through for the next few months, what is the conversation that will help us? I just finished writing a book on Trump and the American future, which is part of my effort to lay out the facts. Just close your eyes for a minute and say to yourself, President Biden, Speaker Pelosi, Majority Leader Schumer met this morning and decided X. I guarantee you that is a world you don't want to live in. And that's why this election, I believe, has enormously deep roots and that the struggle we're just beginning in the next several months are going to be among the most important in American history. And you're going to find people on the left get crazier and crazier because in the end, they're not going to win it. If you watch, they went from a perfectly legitimate position, which was that there were no circumstances where George Floyd should have been killed. None. And to watch that eight and a half minutes is horrifying. And any American would have to have a sense of those police have to be arrested. Then we went to legitimate demonstration saying something has to be done. Then we went to rioting, which of course the people like CNN reported didn't really happen. And then we went to violence and stores being broken into and buildings being burned. And then as the left wing listened to itself, listened to its anger, watched its own demonstrations, they decided what we really had to do was defund the police. So now they've gone from, yes, there are some bad police and we ought to have procedures for dealing with some bad police too. Let's defund the police. Now, I will tell you, I've been involved with crime and the crime is an issue since the 1970s, which by the way, was a very similar era. Cut down the police, have left-wing ideas, and it led us, frankly, to Clint Eastwood and Dirty Harry and a whole sense of popular movies as middle-class Americans thought, yeah, I think shooting them is reasonable. So when the Democratic president of the city council in Minneapolis said the other day, thinking that you're free from rape is an example of white privilege, I thought, boy, that is a signal that we are going to have the average person go, no, wait a second. No, I don't think being opposed to rape is an example of white privilege. But, but this goes back to my point about being crazy. In the middle of the worst violence in Chicago in 60 years, in the middle of violence all across the country, now they want to defund, and they are. This, remember, these are people using their power. And that's why you see the city of Los Angeles in a moment of utter insanity cutting its police force. It's almost like because of Giuliani and because of Bratton and because of a whole generation of tough, serious policing, things got good enough. We can now afford to go back and run the gamble of let's release prisoners. My favorite story being the bank robber in the last two weeks in New York City, where they now have no bail. Because after all, bail is an example of discriminating against the poor. So he robs a bank. He gets released. He robs another bank. He gets released. Finally, he robs his sixth bank in like a week, and he gets released. He turns to the policeman and says, I don't understand why they keep letting me go. My hunch is he wanted to go back to prison, that he was comfortable in prison. They fed him, they took care of him. Now, you can't make this stuff up. I do think this is a genuine war against America. 
I think the side that is anti-American is on offense. I think that it is going to be a very tough fight. I think they will use every advantage they have to try to beat us. And I think none of us should be in any doubt about how gigantic the consequences of this are going to be for one side or the other. You can read more about the crisis in America on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers, and our producer is Garnsey Sloan. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Pendler. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. Please email me with your questions at gingrich360.com slash questions. I'll answer them in future episodes. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com.